When you begin to see how the Lord moves, case after case, country after country, situation after situation, we are sitting on the edge of what God does around the whole world. Begin to get a closer, closer, closer relationship with your Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. Hallelujah. We get some more people over on this side. You people almost feel lonely, I'm sure, as you know. Well, they're coming. God bless them. Amen. God is good. We want to welcome you today and thank you for coming to the house of the Lord and taking this beautiful day and recognizing that, you know, there's someone who actually made it and gave it to you. And so we honor him, you know, by this uh, 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 coming to his house and in, in worshiping him. And, and uh, he, what an awesome God. I want to uh, uh, just... Uh, Welcome the visitors today. We do have some visitors, and uh, we want you to make sure that our Bible Center Church family, you know, just uh, gives them a warm uh, greeting at the end of the service today. Well, it's a big day. Uh, not because there's football games, no, because, but we got a, we got some uh, big men and women of God here today, and we're so grateful for that. And this uh, uh, kind of a missionary Sunday. There's this week is going to be two uh, missionary conferences. The Shell Lake Missionary Conference starts this morning and runs through Wednesday. And then Pastor Tim Warner, uh, Northern Lights Christian Center, uh, begins on Thursday night. And so uh, as the missionaries come through, we get uh, the, the, uh, the blessing of having them here. And uh, it's, it's becoming a very special uh, Sunday for us, and we're thankful for that. So we want to give them ample time this morning. Our special guests and uh, uh, speakers, uh, you know, is uh, Bob and Evelyn McCoy. And uh, they're going to come and introduce themselves, uh, you know, and, and, and really bring you up to speed on the work that God has done in their life and, you know, and what, what has happened and what is happening. And then also, before they come, though, we have some just very dear friends of ours also, uh, Jerry McSorley and one of his pastors from from the uh, from Mexico there. It, uh, Jerry. Well, Jerry McSorley is the founder. This is Jerry Rodriguez. I just got that last name wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, forgive me. <laughs> And, uh, uh, but uh, he's going to share with us just a few minutes, too, uh, with their work. And uh, we've been connected with the McSorleys and Jerry for, you know, virtually all of our life. All of our life. And uh, uh, what a great and wonderful work that they have. And Bob and Evelyn, we're just brothers. You know what I mean? And when it comes to relationship and, and then also workers in the same kingdom. But just before Jerry comes, I was thinking about the passage of Scripture. As Jesus is concluding his ministry on earth here, he's just about ready to, to you know, make his ascension into the heavens. And uh, so the one last thought, basically on his mind, was the mission. Was the mission. He'd went ahead and gathered those and taught those and, you know, had uh, ordained those that were going to be the, the, the foundational uh, headwaters, uh, you know, of humanity uh, after his leaving for the building of the church and the spreading of the gospel. And so that's what we're 
celebrated, and that's what these people are doing. They, they have left the, the shores of their homeland, and they've went to the other places that Jesus said the gospel needs to be taken to. So in that great moment as he is finalizing his words on earth here, he says that, I want to give you a word of encouragement that all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. So he launches you in power. He launches you in authority. You know, he launches us with a positive, you know what I mean, outlook upon what's going to take place. And that, you know, you can go, uh, you know, and not be afraid. He said, because of, I have all power, and so therefore, you know, my mission stands and should be first go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always unto the end of the world. So mission, Aries, and your part in missions and uh, as those that uh, pray and those that give and uh, those that join hands with those that leave our shores, you know, is following up the last words by and large of Jesus Christ. We know it as the Great Commission, but it must have had some very important things to the heart of God, the heart of Jesus, for him to conclude it and say, this is what I want you to do. So he came to save us, but then he also came to send us. Amen? Praise God. So without any further ado, we're going to let the kids go first. We're going to let the kids go. All right, we'll stand one more time so the kids can go to their classes. And then I want to ask Jerry McSorley. <laughs> now, Jerry Rodriguez and his wonderful pastor to come and, and, and take some time and just, just share with us, you know, the great work, the great God they serve. Amen. You may be seated. Give them a nice warm welcome this morning as they come in Jesus' name. No, he's going to. Well, I guess he could speak all interpret. He's going to sing. I guess the stand would be good. Well, um, thanks for having us, for giving us this opportunity to share. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, if you want to call me McSorley, it's okay, because uh, we were in India, and uh, TK tells his daughter-in-law, says, you interpret for Sister Connie, Connie is Rodriguez. So uh, he says, you interpret for Sister Connie, because her English is not as good as your servants. So anyway, so I thought, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> she didn't appreciate that comment, but hey, you know, apparently she hadn't spoken through an interpreter much, or I don't know. Uh, I'd been in India more than she had, but anyway, so, uh, so, so that was, uh, the thing is that uh, uh, she's a Rodriguez, and I guess now I can be a McSorley, but we are representing Frontline Missions, which McSorley's dead found uh, 50 some years ago. And so I praise God for the opportunity to continue. And uh, we have these pastors that are older than me. We have younger pastors and the work just continues and they, we go places and we find uh, elderlies and then 
we encourage the young, and we hope that we can do the same for you, that we can also encourage the young people to reach out and to go out into the highways and byways and continue the call of your pastor and your church. I thank God this morning for his great love and great mercy. I am grateful to serve him and to worship him and to be in this place. It is a privilege of the Lord to be here. I thank God because he has helped us in Mexico. Even though things might be difficult. But we're worshiping the Lord. We're glorifying his name. To him be the glory and honor. Amigo, tú que Él está preso 
Thank you for all your prayer and every, you know, Olivia's having trouble right now is just sharing uh, with Dave Telly and with the other brother here in the prayer room uh, about Olivia having trouble physically. I guess last year she was having trouble. Now again, uh, they're changing her medication, but uh, prayer uh, for some reason works long distance. I guess to God there's, so we appreciate your prayer. Uh, and uh, he was uh, talking, telling me about his uh, sister who was in the hospital in Monterrey, who was, uh, had a stroke, was paralyzed on one side, couldn't talk, couldn't walk. And so uh, he got news of that and he took off to go see her and they were praying and they also had people praying. And uh, by the time they got there, that uh, his sister had been laying in the hospital and was hooked up to machines and whatever. And while she was laying there, somebody came and grabbed, or she felt somebody grab her arms, take her by the arms, and you know, then she woke up and nobody was there. But after that experience, then uh, she was able to get up. They came and they w wondered what happened to her, and they took up, took the machines off, and she was fine, survived without that. Then she got up and was able to walk and was able to talk. And so that day they released her and sent her home. So he got there to pray for her and she was already home. So, <laughs> but prayer works long distance. There's no boundaries for God. And uh, of course the word of God tells us that well, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, piercing through the spirit and dividing the asunder the spirit and soul. And that's the amazing thing is uh, uh, my wife, we were down there uh, in Michoacan and God said, spoke to her one day or uh, last year and uh, said, you, she wanted to plow. You already saw that picture probably, but she wanted to plow and God spoke to her and said, you will be, she did get to plow, but uh, uh, my, maybe three feet. But after that, God spoke to her. It was long enough for God to speak to her and say, you will be breaking new grounds other than 
than what your dad did. So praise God. Now we went to Guerrero early on this year, and uh, God spoke to her and said, New people will be coming back to the Lord. Well, there's a pastor that used to babysit her, and you probably know Justino, uh, way back there in the 70s when they were at the Bible School in Zapata. Well, after a week of being there, he gave his life to the Lord again. Uh, and uh, so he was pretty excited. And you might have seen, I don't do Facebook, but uh, people do. So <laughs> there's two of us. So my, uh, he put stuff on Facebook and people showed me, I guess my wife was showing me how excited he was about coming back to the Lord. So he was one, and there's another one that uh, grew up in church in one of our churches and got up into money, and he was able to uh, become an accountant. And so he's living in Acapulco, and he's got the money, and he's living the life, and he even has an extra girlfriend and all these things. And his baby is sick, and they call a pastor. They don't know what to do, so they call a pastor and said, can you come pray for my daughter? And so the pastor comes, and... Uh, pastor is uh, wondering or trying to figure things out. And he says, the problem's not your child. You're the problem. And so he says, what do you mean me? He says, you need to get rid of that girlfriend that you have. And he's, you know, by, you know, right now, I mean, forget about it now already. He was annoyed because, you know, how could he just do away with it? I mean, you know, it's got to take some time. I mean, do it gently, you know, forget this. And so anyway, so he's thinking, well, eight days later, she made front page news and she was decapitated, uh, taken by the cartel. Apparently she was involved in that. And he had no idea who his girlfriend was, apparently, but he did give her up. And so that sort of got his attention and sort of a greyhound bus to me. And so he came back to the Lord and he's serving the Lord. Now he's back in church, you know, and so uh, God is calling his people back. And I, I know that uh, year, years, uh, a year and a half ago, Brother Beto Pesina passed away and I thought his wife was taking over is what they told me. And so uh, uh, I was there in August and in the Altiplano and they said no his daughter-in-law which would have been my first choice because she was the most involved and so she's taking over and uh, now she's got people coming back you know people that used to be in church people and so God is doing a work and if your children have been away from the Lord if you walked away from the Lord well be careful because you know but he's bringing his people back and so in the last days he can pour out his spirit I'm looking for that I'm looking for a great awakening at the same time you know we see that evil is multiplying or abounding and getting worse but we still serve a powerful God and I want to thank you for all that you do and for this opportunity to share with you continue to pray for Olivia and for us in Mexico and the work in Mexico and in India and Lord bless you and it's good to see Bob pastor thank you amen thank you brother Jerry yeah, God gets on your case. You just might as well give up. <laughs> Amen. What 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 a what a great testimony and in how God works in you know marvelous ways. And um, I was thinking this morning how that God is a God of life and and uh, 
you know, that, that he wants to bring life into the situations that exist right now. And sometimes we, we get in the frame of mind that, that Mary and Martha had. They needed a miracle. Lazarus was dead, and Jesus said, well, you know what I mean? Uh, your brother's going to rise again. Well, their, their faith was real. It was genuine, but it was future. Yes, that's right. It was future. And Jesus wanted to open up a whole new window for them and let them see that, you know, this God of life, you know what I mean, is just not, you know, for the future of the tomorrows, but is for the situations of the present and of the day. And I think that's what he's doing to the church in some aspect is, you know, uh, going ahead and getting us to, to bring the, our theology, you know what I mean, and our belief system back into the days that we live, you know, without divorcing ourselves, you know, from the finale things of all that God has promised. But, amen, he's a God of life. Well, amen. All right. You'll love this next couple, especially his wife, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, just I'll, I'll let them tell the story because, uh, you know, they do a better job. But they're, all of these people are our friends, you know, and fellow laborers. And uh, we welcome Bob and Evelyn McCoy this morning to Bible Center Church and their vision and their mission. Amen. We want to be mindful of time this morning, but we also want to be mindful of what God has on our hearts. As um, Pastor Jerry was sharing, we do the work of the Lord in other places, and we want to share that with you because without you, we wouldn't be able to do that. You're part of that. We're your extended hands. We're your extended feet, and it's because of you that we can go out and do the things that we do. So we want to say thank you very much for that. So Bean's pastor has um, put my wife up on such a pedestal this morning. We're going to invite her up to do the slides, and then I'm going to speak a few few words afterwards, if that would be okay. Thank you. Well, you're really getting a wonderful smorgasbord of missions here this morning, aren't you, with uh, Mexico, and now you'll see something of um, the Philippines and Bangladesh and Vietnam, and um, we're just happy to be with you. We love coming out this way and, and having this time together. So we'll try to go through this fairly quickly. This is our son, Bob, and his wife, Darlene, and Bobby and Grace. If you've seen the newsletters, you'll know that they are taking on the majority of the ministry overseas for us now, and um, we're very blessed by that. Bob and Darlene met in Bible school, and we're going to head out to missions, and then Bobby and Grace came along, both profoundly deaf, and um, like my son said, life happens and there's some hiccups, but now they're full on. Bobby and Grace are in um, Bible school and preparing to go into missions themselves. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and the farthest seas. We just see that to be so truthful that he is the hope of the nations. 
First, we'll show you some of the Philippines. Um, here we are at the orphanage. This church has given towards the orphanage and continue to give towards that. This is some of the little children that we've been helping there over the years. This is Maricel. She's been with us about six or seven years. She, when she came in, she wouldn't even speak. She'd been so traumatized by some abuse, but now she's, um, she's speaking and she's a wonderful help with the littler children. This, you can't see it real well. One of the kids swimming, swinging along there. This is our son, Bob, with um, Rebecca. She's the daughter of a friend of his when he was a teenager in the mountains. And um, she looks pretty young, but she's actually now a school teacher <laughs> there in the um, school in Manila. This is one of the um, seminars that they're doing there in the Philippines for the pastors. This is the pastors on their way to the seminar. They're pretty excited in there. Um, it doesn't look traditional to you, perhaps, but it's very traditional for them. Um, if you could see clearly, you would see um, Pastor Ben and his wife. Uh, years ago, when we first went to the Philippines, we worked up in the mountains with the um, tribal believers, a small Bible school of about seven men. And these men, um, Pastor Ben was one of them, they are now um, key Christian leaders in the northern mountain range up there. Pastor Ben is in charge of all the four square churches. Another one is in charge of all the independents. Another one in charge of the Baptist group. And, and um, our son Bob actually sat in the Bible classes with him. And now he's back up there doing seminars for the different groups and um, going out to visit their young pastors starting out. And it's a real encouragement to them and, and just an amazement to us that the Lord would sort of have that ripple effect going out over the years. This is one of the new churches there in the mountains. As I said, they like for our son to go and visit these new works, and um, the believers had gotten this far with it, and we were able to help them get a roof on that. There it is with the, the finished roof. This is um, Sister Nympha. Now we're down in a lower island of um, Leyte where that huge typhoon came through last year that just wiped out everything, literally. And um, Sister Nympha and works out up in Manila, but um, they're doing an outreach down in this island. And this is the beginning of another church down there. They've started about three or four new works just in the last year because my son Bob says it's actually like the book of Acts going on down there. The people are turning to the Lord so quickly. Okay. This is one of the new churches that they've built down there. They use this woven grass um, for the sides. And up there at the top, it's just rice bags, but they're as happy as can be. Our son is there in the middle of the midst of the people. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this is Pasquale, that the father of that young girl that I said was Bob's friend from when he was a teenager. This is how they're working up in the mountains still. 
And um, this is our son, Bob, helping him. <laughs> you can't quite see that either. <laughs> As I said, down in the islands, there's a lot of people turning to the Lord. And um, God just moved in a marvelous way in that one particular um, group there that Nympha and her sister, another pastor's wife, they'd been praying for their brother and his family for 30 years to come to know the Lord. And amazingly, when the typhoon went through their area, um, Salvador and Leon, theirs was the only house that didn't go down. The Lord spared them. Um, Leon's whole occupation was she sewed gowns for idols. She sewed these beautiful robes for the idols. And this area was very steeped in um, idolatry and, and witchcraft. And she employed seven ladies sewing these gowns. It was a, quite a big business for that little area. Well, when um, they went down to help them after everything was wiped out around them except their one house, they obviously realized God had spared them, and they um, they spent the night there, and they said in, they couldn't even sleep because she'd had so many idols, they felt like they were being choked. So they said, in the morning, we decided we better have a, a Bible study with our brother and his family. So they did, and they explained about idols, and they said, okay, what do we have to do? How do we get rid of them? And they said, well, you have to burn them. So they went and built a fire and threw the idols in, and they said they saw demonic faces coming out in the smoke as they burned. And um, But after that, then all of a sudden they realized wow, that was our whole business, and, and we're supporting seven other families through this business, and now we have nothing because, you know, no one, of course, we they heard we burned our idols. We're not a part of that anymore. They're all upset with us. But they prayed with them, and before they left that day, um, people had come from a big school and said, we need 350 uniforms. And, and so since then, actually their business has blossomed, and, and they're even doing better than they were before. And the Lord just showed them that if we turn to him, he's able to, to meet their needs. This was a baptism in the sea of some of the new believers. About 30 of them were going to be baptized. And if you see that couple way out, the water, you had to go way out to um to be baptized, and Bob said a lot of them, they kept walking out, and they said, we've got to get a little further out in order to do this, and the people got really nervous because they thought the sharks might be coming in, <laughs> and I thought, well, how many people in the States have to worry about the sharks getting them when they go to be baptized, you know? <laughs> okay. This is a new ladies' Bible study in that area. I mean, we've been providing Bibles. They've never even had Bibles. So it's, it's very exciting for them to see how God is moving and there's a desire for Bibles. These, these people are hiking then. They learn one thing in one class and they go off to teach it in the next village. They just want to, to share what God's giving them. Now we're going to Bangladesh. We put in water wells there in villages, rural villages way up in the north, and this is a way to open the community. It's an all-Muslim area, but there's no schools up there, no education at all. They're so far out, and the government doesn't have a lot to provide for the people. So if we go in and put in a well, put in a small school, then um, it opens the whole community. Everybody loves having a well. <laughs> they can then shower. <laughs> get some water, clean water, which is very 
priceless to them. These are some of the children, and um, they have Bibles. We've gotten Bibles for them. And um, you might wonder why we would give the Bibles to the children. Well, it's because the parents cannot read. So the children actually take the Bibles home, and it's the only book that the parents and the family have, so they want them to read. So the children are reading the Bible to their parents, and they're hearing the Word of God through their children. These are some of the Bible school students that also needed to have Bibles. This is the building of one of the schools. It's all pretty much done with block. Some of the kids, children are beautiful everywhere. This is one of the finished buildings. It's a one-room building, basically, and they have several classes during the day. The children sit on the floors on just burlap, burlap sacks, and they're just thrilled to be in school. Some more of the little kids. A very skinny little cow. <laughs> She's a little goat herder. This is a seminar for, um, we work with the Free Christian Churches of Bangladesh, and um, it's the largest Christian organization in Bangladesh. They had never had any kind of seminar where their, all their pastors could come together and be encouraged and just realize how many there were. So um, we helped with a seminar, and they were just so encouraged just to realize there's a number of us out there because it's such a um, hostile environment there in Bangladesh. That's my son, Bob, and he, um, we brought some balls and things for one of the schools there. And the kids are getting, getting a net set up and getting ready to play. This is another training. Some of the pastors there. They only have about a small number of pastors for the whole area of that. It's a very large country, actually. This is a, uh, the book of Luke. It's a training book for the pastors to be able to teach out of that we helped um, produce and publish there. This is just one of the schools. After they, they're in those very rural schools, the best students would be like this. the high school students come to this larger home of peace and learn um, more there and then go on from there to other training. And this is at the Bible school again. They're just thrilled to have some study notes. Besides, they didn't realize you could cross-reference scriptures and that this scripture tied back to a scripture in the Old Testament. So they're really thrilled to, to really be able to dig into the word. This is my son explaining a parable. Uh, they use a lot of pictures and things because it just helps the people to grasp it. That was the parable of the soil. Each of the Bible school students, when they graduate, they're given a bicycle. It's a, I think they're about $125 for a bicycle, and they're given that so they can become evangelists, and they can go out to the next rural area and start their own church and get things going, which, um, I mean, it sounds quite challenging just having the bicycle to have to go out on, but it's, it's a very radical Muslim area, so really, 
I think in committing to come to the Bible school and then accepting the bicycle, it, they're really laying their life out on the line because anywhere along the line they can be grabbed and, and beaten or, or even killed and, and the society in general won't think anything of it because they were Christian and they were infidel. So we really um, appreciate your prayers for the, for the students, the young Bible school students that go out. There was a few ladies in the class and they're giving sewing machines because unless they have some way to provide for themselves, their families will force them to marry some of these Muslim men and, and they'll never be able to, to practice their faith at all. They'll be beaten or even killed for it. Now we're in Vietnam. And there's this, some of the um, rural people, some of the fishermen some of the countryside. Just some typical scenes you'll see along the way. <laughs> Their main mode of transportation is either bicycle or motorbike. This is in Da Nang. It's a, um, I guess you'd call it a little restaurant. It's fully staffed by the deaf. And um, some friends of ours, other missionaries run this. They bring in the deaf, they train them. And um, they, they are the cooks, they're the baristas, they do everything there. There's one or two speaking Vietnamese believers who take the orders, and otherwise the deaf do all of that. And they, um, they're uh, discipling those deaf people, and it's wonderful to see how the Lord is breathing upon that. We also work with the lepers in northern Vietnam, and um, these are some of the people there. Some of the ladies on this side are hearing, speaking Vietnamese believers, and they go in and, and disciple and just encourage the, the lepers there. At Christmas, they're given some laundry soap and a big pack of noodles, and they're just thrilled with that. They only survive on about 30 cents a day. That's all the government gives them, and they have basically no means to really earn anything. So we just, um, Bob and Darlene have been able to go in and spend a few days with them and just um, speak with them and share with them, and they're just thrilled to have someone come in can see some of these people, generally they've lost some of their limbs from the leprosy. He's not holding a little iPod there, that's his little hearing aid, and this gal is praying for him. They've seen, they, they love to be baptized. In order to do that, we just pour water over their head because, uh, because of the risk of contamination. But they've... Um, they really turn to the Lord with their whole hearts and their whole countenance changes and, and basically they have such a hope. You know, we would look at them as so hopeless. The government doesn't even count them or consider them, but in Christ they have such a hope. They just glow with the joy of the Lord. We're also working in the Central Highlands with the um, tribal group. Um, we've helped purchase some land and they have a livelihood project there. That little centerpiece is the land that they have that they're working. And uh, this is where they live. Doesn't look like much to us, but to them it's home sweet home. 
that center building is being rented as an orphanage. There was a, a number of little children up there too, just sort of roaming around with no one to care for them. And um, they're now being cared for in that um, center building and taught about the Lord. This gal is um, Tina. She's, she's a Vietnamese who came to the States. Um, she was educated in Syracuse, got a degree there, got radically saved, and decided she needed to go back and work with her people. Because she is Vietnamese, she is able to go into these tribal areas where normally no one, no foreigners would be allowed, but technically she's not a foreigner. So she's in there setting up all these things and working and discipling a lot of young people. And um, it's really beautiful to see how, how committed she is. She could be very comfortably living in the States, but instead the Lord has gotten a hold of her heart. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possessions. And we just thank the Lord for the way he has worked in the nations. And, and um, we just are so humbled to be a part of that and to see how we just do a few little things and the Holy Spirit breathes upon it. And, um, and he's just moving in the nations. You know, in, in our country, it seems like pretty hard ground sometimes. But over there, I mean, they've had these earthquakes. They've had some of these severe things. And, and people are radically turning to the Lord. Pastors in the Philippines are gathering by the thousands, literally, for two, three, four days of prayer and fasting. They're really, as a nation, crying out to the Lord. And the believers in, in like Bangladesh and Vietnam, because they're so oppressed, they're, they're radically crying out to the Lord. And, and um, we're just so thankful to see that. And it, we just realize that things are changing in our country, but hopefully we'll see the same effect. We'll see it stir us to radically cry out to the Lord. And we know, even as in the songs we sang, that he loves us and he hears us and that he will answer us. We're so thankful for that. Amen. Thank you, honey. Thinking the older we get, the more I should probably turn the reins over to her. So it's becoming a woman's world out there, men. And we're just going to have to kind of blend in with it, I guess. So... Pastor Don, what did, what did you say? Eleven or eleven ten? Okay. If you'll give me um, twelve minutes and three closings, <laughs> those are the ones where. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, I, I believe. Pastor Jerry can attest to this, and we can. It's, it's quite a humbling uh, call to be a missionary and to go to the fields and to help these poor people and to do the things that we do. And, and again, we must reiterate, we can only do those because of you here sitting in this congregation this morning. You are the ones that really make it possible. But... 
The privilege and the joy is ours. If, if you just only knew, you know, what it's like on the mission field, yes, it has its ups and downs, and, and it has its hard times, but when you begin to see how the Lord moves, case after case, country after country, situation after situation, we are sitting on the edge of what God does around the whole world. So we're right there. Um, it's, it's all paid in full because of people like you and the Lord touching the hearts of many people. And actually, you know, a lot of times people think that missionaries suffer and maybe some of them do. I don't know, but we've really never had to look at it from, from that perspective. It's been such a joy and such a privilege to serve the Lord and see all of these things happening and to meet all of these wonderful people from these other cultures and to learn some of their culture. Believe me, we could take a lesson from, from a lot of them in their hospitality and, and how they're very flexible and, you know, they just, they just have time for you. And that's not seen a lot in the nation that we live in today. Um, my wife and I are spending a little bit more time back home now because of our son and our daughter-in-law, Bob and Darlene, spending time on the ground with the projects that we have and the people that we work with. It's so great to see the fruits of our labors from 24 years ago that we taught in Bible school and now our son is there teaching seminars and, and working with some of the people that he sat in some of the classes. It's just amazing that God could work something like that out. But no matter where you go in this earth, there's people that are in need. And we have it here in America. And as we have been spending a little bit more time home, God has been speaking to us uh, about a few things. We still um, make trips. We just got back from China two months ago. We'll be going to the Philippines and Vietnam after the first of the year. And uh, just kind of shoring up things and just being a, a stability to a lot of the stuff that is going on there and, and also teaching and taking care of problems and situations. They do have problems in those nations as well, but as Evelyn was saying, the, um, the calamities that we see in these countries, I mean, this place where um, the woman was pointing to this new church down in the valley with just the sticks. I mean, I don't know how much this was advertised in the United States of America, but that was the largest typhoon that ever hit planet Earth. I mean, it looked like a nuclear bomb went off in that place. It just wiped out everything. And we, Bob was the one that was able to go down there. We were on other assignments. And when I saw the pictures that he brought back, it was the same identical pictures of those that when the tsunami, for those of you that may remember, and I don't know how much news you get in, in America, hit Indonesia. There was a tsunami that was... Um, uh, produced by a, a volcanic eruption in the Indian Ocean. 
And when that tsunami took off, the, um, the, the ripple of that wave, the power of that volcano sent that tsunami and that wave reaction out at 500 miles an hour. And when it hit the beach of Banda Aceh, there was a water wall 60 feet high. And before it hit, because of the, the momentum and the power and the suction, if I could use that, it sucked all the water out from the beach for about a half a mile. And there all the fish were laying on the beaches and everything, and, and all the people were running out and gathering the fishes and the food, and then lo and behold, here it come. And the only ones that were really spared Believe it or not, and it's still a marvel to us, and you can read it in the articles today. Does anybody want to take a guess? The animals. They knew. Them carabao were breaking loose posts, chains, buffaloes, the animals. The animals were running up to the highlands when the people were running down to gather food and everything else. It's amazing how God connects with the, with the animal world, uh, and they know some of the things that are going on. But anyhow, they had a 450-foot generator ship on the beach, and that generator ship today sits in the center of town, five miles away from the beach where it was at. That tsunami picked that thing up and it tossed it like a toothpick five miles away. And still today, they're deciding as to whether to make a tourist trap out of it or to cut it up for, for money and for steel. That's a true story. You can see that today if you were to, to Google. So calamity after calamity after calamity, but it's just making such a ripened field for people to come to the Lord. And we've seen a little bit of it here in our country. 9-11 was a, quite a crisis, and we've seen quite a turn of hearts uh, of the people here in America to go back to God. But then it seemed like after three, six months, that all wore down. And now we're seeing so many tornadoes and, and, and you know, half of our nation is burning down to the ground. The other half of our nation is flooding out. And now there's mudslides going. And I believe these calamities will end up bringing people back to the Lord. I really do. Even as we see it overseas, I believe it'll be so in our country. And this is um, sweet and sour, and I don't have time to explain it, but it's, it, it's almost the way of the Lord. He loves us so much. If that's what it takes to get our attention and bring us back to Him before His final return, God will do whatever it takes. And, and I know that's a touchy line there, but I hope you understand what I'm talking about in his love and in his mercy. So what my wife and I have been somewhat, well, not somewhat, very concerned about since we have been home, the fact that what's going on in our own country and even some of the missionaries that um, we meet with overseas and stuff like that, there's kind of a, uh, a sweet and sour joke, but, it, but it's not so much of a joke anymore. The missionaries are saying, should we go home to our own country 
and be a missionary there because of the, the um, direction that our country is heading. And I'm sure many of you here this morning are concerned about what's going on. And I'm going to read you a story from the Bible this morning that, that God's own people were concerned. But as to how he handled it, I'm hoping that this will be transferred to many of you this morning in how you should handle things. Saints, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of tremendous stress in this country today. People are busy. They don't have time for God. They're running here. They're running there. They're running here. They're running there. I, I read a little um, scenario once or a commentary or a joke, if I could say that, that Satan had a convention and he had all his demons come. And the demons had a 10-point edict to get God's people. And some of them were uh, music. Some of them were um, uh, video games. Some of them were sports, TVs. The very thing that goes on to, in our country in a great way. But the last one is if we can keep people busy doing things then they won't have time for God. They won't even be slept well enough to get up on church for Sunday mornings because of their tiredness and everything. And even though that's a little bit of a, a poem that is got a satire to it, but there's a lot of truth to that, saints. And that's where we're at today. America is so, so busy. The, the schools, the, the governments, the, the administrations, they've got everybody running to and fro, to and fro, so much with the, with the situation with the children today. I mean, in my day, there was only one sport, and that was baseball, you know, and that's all you did for that whole summer. Um, and then there were those that played football in the fall, but we never had all these other things. And, you know, two or three children in the family running six different ways, you know, every night of the week. And it's just, it's, it's breaking down the family unit. It's just, they've got a plan. And, and they're, they're on target, saints. But let me, let me tell you, at the end of the 10-point uh, edict, um, they did an acronym for BUSY. B-U-S-Y, being under Satan's yoke. So we need to slow down and take time for the Lord, saints. We really do. We're living in a day when, um, even as the disciples ask in, in Matthew chapter 24, that um, they were concerned, you know, about the, about the return of the Lord. And there's a lot of things going on today. There's a lot of uh, people putting out books and movies and everything else concerning the end times. And uh, before I leave, I'm, I'm going to give you the month, but pastor's going to give you the year and the date that, um, that he'll be returning. So I'll leave that part up to him. And you're welcome, sir. <laughs> In Matthew chapter 24 the disciples they're around the Mount of Olives and they had some personal time with Jesus and they like us and many of us in the world today 
They wanted to know about his return, as to when he would be coming back. And in verse 4 of 24, Jesus answered unto them, and he says, Take heed that no man deceives you. Saints, there's a lot of deception going on. Now listen to this, okay? In the church today, a lot of deception going on in the church today. And they're drawing people onto themselves instead of being a church like this, and I speak this with utmost of truth, leading people to Christ, not drawing themselves onto man. And that's what's happening today. And, and it's very subtle. This word in the Greek means to roam away, little by little. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're, you're snatched in to the system. Because many are going to come in his name saying that he is the Christ, and there will be many that are deceived. You will hear the rumors of wars, but be not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And there's a lot of things that are going on throughout the earth, and I truly believe that we're in the season, that we're close. What that means, saints, I really don't know, but I will tell you this. The pressure cooker is is in high high mode. And I, I believe the Lord is sincerely out of his love trying to get the attention. And the bottom line is this, saints. We've read the last chapter. You know, and and somehow, some way, we still, our friends and our family members, they they can get so stressed out. And, and it's, it's such a bad thing for our lives and for our health. Stress will kill you. And, and they're seeing that now today in the hospitals, and they're recognizing that stress probably today is one of the number one killers in the United States of America because people are just under it. They're busy. They're running to and fro, going here and there, doing a lot of the things except for what God wants them to be doing. And saints, if I can leave you with anything this morning, begin to get a closer, closer, closer relationship with your Lord Jesus Christ. He wants a love relationship between us. And whatever you're facing, whatever your situation is, once that love relationship begins, the rest of the stuff just kind of passes away. Or God takes care of it, one of the two. But if we will, Matthew 6.33, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything will fall into place after that. You know, Romans 14.17 Righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. God wants us to be a calm people in a ravishing world. I mean, I see people fighting at the gas pumps anymore. I see them arguing in subway because somebody cut in front of a line. People are so wired and so strung out. And I'm almost afraid to smile for fear they'll take that wrong. 
I'm, I'm serious, saints. I mean, you know, we're to be a happy-go-lucky group. And, and, and sometimes I, I, I try to present that to people. But I do realize that in some cases when I've been out in the public, people are so wired and so strung up. You don't want to give them a smile. They're liable to take it off your face. And that's a shame, I mean, that we live in such an uptight society today here in this country. But we do have something to offer them. There should be a peace that dwells within each one of us that even without speaking a word, people should be able to say, look, I don't know what you got, but I want it. And saints, we have it. We have the answer. We have the goods. We have that if we'll just allow the Holy Spirit to come and to begin to work in us and that we won't get riled up and all stressed out over all of the things of the earth going on today. You know, I read a... This come off of the wire yesterday. This was a statement made to the Security Commission yesterday. It's on the wire, you can see it, from our president. Christians are threatening our nation. Hallelujah. <laughs> we finally got on the front page, guys. <laughs> I, I'm serious, I'm ready to go. I've got a sweatshirt, Blair can attest to it, Pastor can attest to it. I am a believer. I. You know, I'm not looking for trouble out there, but it's time to stand for what we really believe, saints. It really is. Because we're living in the last days, and things are heating up more and more and more. And we are the ones that are going to be the lighthouse. We are the ones that are going to be the pillars. We are the ones that are going to stand in the midst of the storm while everything else is falling apart and people are going to say, again, as I said, I don't know what you have, but I want it. And of course, that is Jesus Christ. So that is going to be our greatest witness. So when you see these calamities coming on and when you see these um, quote unquote rights being taken away from us, don't be alarmed. Be, get excited because we're that much closer because God's allowing all this stuff to happen to make his plan come to pass. And believe it, it's me, it seems to be coming quicker and quicker. That's my message, and this is my first closing. <laughs> we're living in an upside down, we're trying to live upside right in an upside down world. And saints, everything in the Bible that teaches us in the world today has issues with it. They're trying to say good is evil and evil is good. I've talked to many people in our communications daily, and I don't know if any of you are facing this or not, but I'm telling you it's from the pit of hell. But a lot of people are beginning to face situations that they have gotten worked through in their lives and been done with for years, and all of a sudden, that drawing is coming back to, to go back to this, or to go back to this, or to do this, or to do that. It's the enemy making his last swing to try to bring anyone and anything that he can down. 
And we need to be mindful of that. We need to guard that. The stress is just beginning to be too much. In Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25, the scripture says that in the last days, Daniel's a major prophet, 1,500 years before his time, says that Satan will try to wear out the saints of the Most High God. That's you and I this morning. The word wear there means mentally, not physically. And that's what we're having in our country today. More and more psychiatrists are popping up. More and more Christians are going for, for psychiatric counseling. And it's just the old man, the devil himself, trying to wear everybody out. So this is why we more and more need this relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Finishing up in Matthew, nation will rise against nation. That's ethnos. And then it says kingdom will rise against kingdom, rise up. That's in the spiritual realm, spiritual of darkness coming against the spiritual spirit of light. And saints, we're right in the center of that right now more than ever. Because I believe it's Ephesians 6.12 says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers in high places. And that's where we're at with this closing that he's talking to his disciples. People are going to start betraying one another. I've had it happen to me. I'm sure some of you have happened, had it happen to you. And they're going to begin to hate one another. And many false prophets are going to be rising up. And because iniquity shall abound... The love of many is going to wax cold. I can't get over the friends that we have are saying, God's not working. They're being so deceived by, by books, by people, by the enemy, that they're, they're, they're just giving up hope. They're worn down. And we are the ones that have got to bring that back and spur that on because we have that hope. We have that peace. We have that joy. Scripture says the joy of the Lord in Nehemiah 8.10 will be our strength. And that is what we have to hang on to because when you can stay happy and you can stay peaceful, you truly have something of God that is in you that we can offer to the people in the day that we're living in. So, the one thing that I would ask all of you not to get caught up in, and this is my last closing, and that is the fear of, the, uh, the fear of man. We have no reason to fear man or to fear anything. God is very clear in the scripture that he's not a God of fear, but he's a God of love and a sound mind and da-da-da-da-da-da. And we need to grab a hold of that and take it. If you look in the days of old when the armies went out to battle, God said, if there's any fearful among you, jerk them out. Don't take them to battle because they'll lose. And that is one of the tactics that the enemy is going to put on God's people today. It's going to cause them to make fearful. But saints, by the word of God, we are the victors. We are the ones that have the last say-so in Christ. 
And I just want to ask all of you this morning just to be mindful of who you are. Take the authority of who you are in Christ and begin to just spread it around wherever you're at, at work, in the business places, in the public places, the the grocery stores, the gas stations, young people in school. I know it's difficult. You're not supposed to talk about that, but tough. Do it anyhow and see how God comes on the scene and he, and he helps you out with the things that he wants you to do. So bless you guys. We so much appreciate all you do for us. I say this with such utmost of truth. You guys have got a lot going for you here. My wife and I travel to a lot of churches and I know there may be ministers that come through and say this same thing, but we mean it with all of our hearts. You have a pastor here that is a true shepherd of God. And if, if I could be under him, I would in a second. I've often thought of um, possibly one day coming this way, but he has his job to do, we have our job to do. But if there's any person in this world today that I would want to sit under, I'll be honest with you, it would be Pastor Don Schultz. And I say that with the utmost of true love. So bless you guys. You're doing a tremendous work. You saw the pictures this morning. That's your work, not ours. We had the joy and the blessing of going out and doing it. So be strong, keep committed, and remember, when Satan reminds you, you know, of your past, you remind him of his future. He's a cooked goose. Pastor Don. Amen. As our musicians come this morning, God is so good. God's word is good, and God's word is true. Amen? You know, uh, uh, he's a crisis God. He really is. Jesus was born because there was a crisis. It really was. That's why he came into the world, because it was lost. It was, it was, it was, it was going the wrong direction. And in uh, uh, each one of us, are, you know what I mean. God is, you know, has targeted you and I to, uh, you know, to be that person, that individual in a given situation. Now we're not being doom and gloom that every day is is you know is is a downer. But if you're in the middle of a crisis, as Bob said, you you've been given an answer. Yeah. How? You've been given an answer. Jesus came to save, you know, to seek and to save that which was lost. And one thing that God has been, you know, doing in my heart is, you know, he tells me, he says, I want you to take it a little bit easy on the, the lost people because they're lost. <laughs> All right? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, you find somebody and, and, and they're blind. Well, you, you know, you just don't talk about their blindness. You, you go ahead and lend them a hand and lead them to some sight. Yes. 
Amen? Amen. Absolutely. Praise God. And, and uh, uh, you know, we're going to take a, a love offering. And, you know, interesting, last week I talked about a better way of giving. Huh? Better way of giving. Bless the Lord. So we're going to practice that this morning. But he just read it over the wire. And I'm going to read you something from the scripture that's 2,500 years before this one. Wow. <laughs> 2,500 years before this one. From the book of Esther. And Haman said to the king, There's a certain people scattered out and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different. Different from all the other people. They don't keep the king's laws. Therefore, it's not fitting for the king to let them remain. God has a little beautiful young lady for the crisis. Yes. <laughs> All it needs is some crisis people. That's right. That's right. Who will stand up in the moment, in the hour, and I'm going to lay down my life for the crisis. Because she said, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to go see the guy. I'm going to talk to him about it. She was willing to lay her life down. Amen. Amen. To see God move. And God always comes through. Always comes through. Praise the Lord. And then... Paul said this. When it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me. That I might preach him among the Gentiles. Jesus Christ came to reveal the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Paul said, now I'm here. To reveal Jesus Christ. Yes. yes. Amen. I'm here to reveal Jesus Christ. Man. What an amazing, you know, role that the believer has Amen. is to reveal Amen. Jesus yes. Christ. Praise God. And we're going to leave this morning. You're going to want to greet the people. But... Uh, I want you to go with this thought also this morning. The Lord, sometime back, began to tell me, he said, the, the elements that I've told you were going to happen, they're happening. But I have not written them so that you might be alarmed or afraid. I have written them so you might know how to warfare. It is insight, you know. Remember uh, Israel, you know, the enemy would plot to take him down, and the Lord, you know, would reveal the enemy's plot, and so then the enemy's plot was always thwarted, and Israel always got the victory. Right. 
Well, he's went ahead and told us exactly what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. You know what I mean? And basically, we can read the signs of the time. So, and then in response to that, we can arrange our battle plans. You know what I mean? So that we are the winners in every battle and not just some of the battles. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message from Bible Center Church. For more information, you can find us online at www.biblectr.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash BibleCTR.